Today's episode is presented by The Skin Store. For over 20 years, The Skin Store has been the number one destination for premium skincare, hair care, and beauty products. With over 8,000 different products from 300 different brands, The Skin Store has you covered for all your hair, cosmetics, supplements, and of course, skincare needs. Find your favorite brands like Elta MD, New Face, Olaplex, and more all in one place with gifts with every purchase. Right now, the Skin Store is offering our listeners 20% off your next purchase by using the code POD. That's code P-O-D for 20% off your next purchase at skinstore.com pod.list. Skin Store, have the confidence to tackle the day ahead. Exclusions apply. Captain's Log, the podcast devoted to discussions and insights into the supernatural, occult, and all-around strange happenings of our world. I think our goal there's someone in the house with us to entertain and disturb, perhaps like no one has before. <laughs> Start date 03-28-2021. Welcome back, everybody, to another fantastic, energetic, and invigorating episode of Captain's Log. Trying to be more positive uh, lately, so we'll see how this goes. This is your captain speaking, Jose Valle Jr., coming at you from the state where Kevin Bacon wasn't allowed to dance, Utah. And joining me virtually from a shed in rural Iowa is my co-host and first officer, Mr. Mason Schrader. Hello, Mason. How are you on this fine day? Hello, Jose. How are you? <laughs> What's going on here? What, you droopy dog or you have uh, tobacco in your mouth? Which one is it? I'm also trying to be more positive. <laughs> Love it. This is fantastic. No, I'm just kidding. It's me. Uh, oh, my God. It's regular Mason. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's back. That's not my voice. You, I fooled you, you dumbass. <laughs> Fuck. I'd have only heard your voice a thousand times, but for a second, I was like, yeah, this is what he normally <laughs> sounds like. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm good. I was like, hello. Hello. Uh, how's the weather, Mason? It's it's warmer. <laughs> How about nice. that airplane food, huh? I'm trying to do <laughs> uh, some banter here. <laughs> I don't get it. I've uh, never wanna, flown. I'm oh, on wow. a no-fly list. Oh, oh. Geez. I'm on the, not a no-fly list. I'm You're on the, the no-fly, no-fly list. list. Yes. Um, Max, friend of the show, uh, and I were having a conversation the other day. I was telling him about it. I went to a soccer game, and the referee walked over to the crowd and was like, how's everybody doing? Everybody doing wearing their masks? And we all were. And then he goes... <laughs> Everybody believe in wearing their masks, and I was like, "What is what is going on?" But the way he like present, which you know, that's a whole thing. We don't have to get into that. But the way he presented it sounded like he was doing a stand-up routine, <laughs> like he was trying his COVID stand-up routine on us. Just I'm like, sure "How's everybody doing, huh? How's everybody wearing their masks, huh? Yeah, everybody believe in wearing their masks. Uh, come on, this guy over here gets it." Masks, folks. Ah, what are you gonna do, huh? And like he was gonna go into this whole fucking <laughs> COVID nineteen. Shut routine. up. Um. Anyway, yeah. So that's that's new Riff to me. The game. <laughs> I just was like, what? I'd like turned to my buddy and I was like, what the fuck is this? What is he doing? <laughs> what the 
fuck is the point of this? Well, today we continue our Unsolved US series with part 5 of our Sinister Stories of the Southeast. Today we are taking a look at the southernmost states of Georgia and Florida. If you're joining us for the first time and have no idea what's going on, take a breath and go listen to part 1 of this portion of our series and it'll all be okay. If you're not new, thank you for continuing on this journey with us. A special thanks to our international listeners. Uh, we recently got some new downloads in, in another European country, which is crazy. You guys are fucking insane for listening to two Americans uh, talk about this. You but, speak uh, for yourself. I'm a sovereign citizen. <laughs> Sorry. One okay, American I and one sovereign my social citizen. security card. I cut my license in half, okay? I'm off the grid. Oh, I don't shit. pay my taxes. I don't think I should say that out loud. Um, I, I should let you all know a bit of a trigger warning for today's episode. Uh, it includes detailed descriptions of grave desecration, necrophilia, and violence toward newborns. So, okay, so it's not it's not funny. So it's, it's just <laughs> I didn't know any of that. So, well, does that mean I can just leave? Um. No, 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 it's okay, we'll still <laughs> make jokes about it, but if people can't handle those topics... What maybe... if I can't? What if, I can? what if I'm triggered? You don't get to be triggered on this podcast, I'm mm. sorry, Mason. This podcast doesn't care about your triggers specifically. Everybody else's, though, we're conscious of, but not yours. Well, fair enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you can't handle that, <clears throat> you might want to skip over those legends. We will. I will include a, a asterisks next to them in the episode description, so you know which ones they are. And which ones to skip over. Or if um, you're really crazy, you'll know which ones to skip too. There you go. If yeah, you're if you're a fucking, fucking psychopath. psychopath. Yeah. If you're some disgusting pervert, then yeah, that's I'm for tired you. of talking about fun and lizards. I want to hear about gross. I want to hear about necrophilia. <laughs> uh, somebody writes a review and they're like, this show is good. Except for the fact that they never talk about necrophilia. More necrophilia content, please. And we're like, Jesus Finally, fucking Christ. an episode for the rest of us. <laughs> Mason and Jose's most recent foyer into the topic of necrophilia really tickled my funny boat. Five out of five stars. <laughs> that they, that person's our biggest uh, Patreon uh, patron, so we Listen, won't talk. We don't feel great about it, but he pays us a lot. He pays the bills, so. Uh, but with that out of the way, Mason, uh, let's start the mystery hog. And, and hit the road. That's what I named our motorcycle. What do you I think like of that? It. That sounds really. <laughs> I really like the mystery hog. So uh, um, yeah. yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. So I put my helmet on. I've given you a smooch on the cheek, <laughs> and I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> it's getting hot. We're gonna have to change. We have to change out of our winter mystery hunting clothes and into our yeah. summer mystery hunting clothes. Yeah, into what our is sexy little shorts? To our sexy little shorts and and and, and uh, our uh, Hawaiian shirts. But instead of Hawaiian flowers, it's like little cryptids. Ooh, oh, yeah, those actually sound actually cool. cool yeah. <laughs> I kind of want one. I want one now. Yeah. Um. All right. After encountering NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal in a lizard suit on the side of the road, we have headed further south. <laughs> To the peach state of Georgia. It's me. It's Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Alright guys, drive safe. I'm just wearing a lizard. <laughs> it's never not going to be funny. <laughs> I I went back and listened to that and that cracked me up. Uh, <laughs> Ernie, you're never going to believe this Ernie. <laughs> thought it was a lizard. 
Mason, Ooh. I hope you're in the mood for a splash because we're having a lake day. Yay! First day of summer, first <laughs> lake day of the podcast. We're heading to the party spot of Lake Lanier, a man-made lake within the Georgia wilderness. Mm. Unfortunately, this is a more of a Scooby-Doo movie lake day because this lovely little spot for drinking and boating is also home to a female specter and according to lore has been the site of far too many deaths to not be haunted. I just want to say that I would love Lake Day a billion times more if all the Lake Days were Scooby-Doo Lake Days. <laughs> I fucking hate just hanging out at lakes. Oh, for sure, I right? I want, love... a mer- I want to be swimming and then there's a body part and we have to solve the mystery. If we like... had to solve a goddamn ghost mystery every time I was at the lake, so fucking... I would like the lake so much more. <clears throat> They always trick, I mean, I know that, like, Scooby and Shaggy are dumb, but they always trick those poor bastards. Like, they're always well, like, guys, we're going to take a break from the mysteries. Let's go to the lake. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then they're like, we're I actually mean, here to investigate the murder. To a- be fair, though, those motherfuckers, they work I mean, at a mystery. They could get exactly. a fucking, you they could get another fucking job. Also, working at a snack stand in, like, right. Long Beach. You yeah. know what I mean? No. They're the laziest fucks ever, and they yeah. get to just be brought, because one is a dog and the other is the dog's owner, they get to yeah. just be brought along for the ride and get paid to just fucking fuck around and eat and occasionally no, solve some yes. mysteries. They Yeah, they they have the dream job. Fucking dream and job. And no one, they never even solve the biggest mystery of all, no. which is why they're fucking dog talks. Yeah, what the fuck is up with that? We don't have to get into that. Anyway, we'll do a whole episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> The lake was created by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers in the 1950s by flooding various different valley communities after they were bought up by the government. That's this, just what I want in a lake is a, is a, is a government army made lake. Yeah, right? This was done to provide Atlanta and the surrounding counties with power and water. Although the government is adamant that all the bodies within cemeteries were properly moved, Many believe that unmarked graves were left behind along certain structures that now lie beneath the water. But, you know, the government has never lied about these things. So why would they start <laughs> lying well, also, now? It's not even like we've never li- they've never lied. It's more just like, you know, they're just dudes. So it's like very easily, you know, yeah. the government employees that were in charge of this are not like some tops level secret. No, they're just, just grunts. They're like us being yeah. like, did you... Did you make sure we got all the bodies? And I'm like, oh, that's what I was supposed to do. I f- I mean, you think it's going to be like a big deal? I think it's fine, right? If we don't tell I them, they won't know. I think if we just don't tell anybody, I mean, I don't want to get yelled at yeah, again, do you? Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. Right, okay, cool. Yeah, no, they're all gone here. Cleaned them all <laughs> Everything up. Everybody. <laughs> Over the years, stories began to come in about strange sightings and incidents at the lake. Stories range from giant catfish being spotted under the surface to feeling disembodied body parts floating around the murky water. One of those is much creepier than the other. Yes. There have been 203... I'm just swimming and I'm like, it kind of feels like a dick down here. What the fuck is this? (laughs) I am definitely grasping a dick right now, guys. Oh, that's just the water dick. Yeah, don't worry about that. What I'm afraid of are these giant ass fucking catfish. Yeah. It's like 20 pounds. Um, you're just fucking swimming and you accidentally eat a disembodied ass. God, <laughs> <laughs> gross. Ah, what the fuck? Wait, what was that? Hang on. I recognize that. Mm, I didn't like that. Uh, 
There have been 203 deaths at the lake between 1994 and October of 2020, according to Mark McKinnon of the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. There are two popular legends surrounding this lake. The first concerns the giant catfish, which lurk in the murky depths. Sure. Legend goes that one day, a truck carrying chickens... Uh, mm-hmm. was traveling over Thompson Bridge mm-hmm. when it got into an accident and unfortunately Uh-oh. tipped over and spilled some of the chickens into the lake. Witnesses reported seeing the chickens disappear under the water quickly, so some divers decided to investigate what had happened to those lost chickens and the wreckage from the truck. What sure. they found was not remotely close to what they were expecting. It appears that the chickens had been consumed by giant catfish living in the lake catfish the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, none of that ever happened. No, nah, man, it did. No, yeah, none did. of that happened. That's just a big catfish. That's not even a good... It, it, none well, of that happened. Yeah, I was going to say, legend doesn't explain how these catfish got to be this size, but simply warns of the dangers of going swimming in the lake. Now, so catfish... What assholes were like, those chickens disappeared so fast, get my wetsuit. <laughs> right? We have to investigate this. So, catfish can grow to like a hundred um, and something pounds. I think the biggest one... Okay, yeah, see, I'm looking at a picture of Mekong giant catfish. And they can grow to nearly nine feet long, as big as a grizzly bear, um, with uh, weighing six hundred and forty-six pounds. I mean, that's that's longer than a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, that's longer. That's not as big as a Volkswagen Beetle. It's big, though. I'm looking at pictures of the people holding them. They're big, but they're like only found in certain. No, this is not what's happening. This this legend is no, no, nah, no, no, <laughs> it's no. Anyway, um, this, <laughs> fucking, whoa, whoa, what happened to those chickens? I, just I don't know, hang on, I happen to have my like, wetsuit with me. <laughs> well, this is a classic case of, it's either A, a ghost, or it's B, giant catfish. catfish. The thing is, mm. um, the, the part that was funniest to me about this legend was the idea of a chicken truck spilling uh, chickens. Yeah, well, I mean, we didn't even talk about that. it happens a lot more than you'd think. Because when I was doing the research, there was a ton of news stories about actual chicken trucks tipping over and just dead chickens everywhere. It happened. <laughs> an actual case of this did happen on this bridge where a truck did actually tip over and spill some chickens. I mean, they died. There was no, They weren't eaten by catfish. And this was more recent than when this... Legend is supposed to take place, but yeah, that's a real f- occurrence. Man. It's a real fucking danger. Be careful when you're driving next to chicken trucks. Um, the second story, the second story uh, of this lake concerns the spirit of a young woman seen around the lake who has been dubbed the Lady of Lake Lanier. This legend begins with the very real disappearance of two girls. Delia Parker Young and Susie Roberts in 1958. The two young women had spat out of a gas station in a 1954 Ford and were headed to Three Gables Roadhouse. They were never seen again. At least, not alive. After 18 months after their disappearance, a local fisherman spotted the decomposing body of a young woman underneath Jerry D. Jackson Bridge. The bloated body was floating on the surface, missing two toes from its left foot. Why didn't the catfish eat him? Eat the body. Well, yeah. While its arms uh, buoyed without hands, 
perhaps lost to the digestive tract of the lake's catfish. They just ate the, oh, well, I just guess the they toes could. And, I mean, they hands. may have eaten, right. yeah, that, I guess, yeah. Uh, the coroner could not identify the body, but locals were certain it was the body of Delia uh, Parker Young. They knew it was Delia because many had seen her wandering at night, a handless, ghostly apparition, seemingly searching for something or someone. I don't think that's going to hold up in court. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I saw her. I saw her once. I was You driving. saw the victim? Yes, but hang on. Alive? As a goat, no, it was a ghost. It was walking down the road, no hands, and then, and then they found mm. this girl. She didn't have no hands. I was like, it's got to be the same girl. So, um, get yeah. get get out. <laughs> I'm gonna. Leave. Am I gonna get paid for this? Am I gonna no, get paid leave. at work for coming? In? Oh. You you are about to get sent to jail <laughs> just because I hate you. The tale does not end there, because by 1990, when reparations were being done to the bridge, Susie Roberts had been all but forgotten. Construction workers dredging the bottom of the lake made a shocking discovery. Filled with... That was them. That was the construction workers. Yeah, sorry. That's, yeah. yeah. Filled with mud, half buried at the bottom of the lake, was the twisted wreckage of a 1954 Ford. Inside were the bones of Susie Roberts. Dental records matched, and thus it was officially declared that the body that was discovered in the lake in 1959, which had been sitting in an unmarked grave, was indeed the body of Delia Parker Young. But what about the Lady of Lake Lanier? Well, according to locals, she can still be spotted, wandering near the side of the bridge, handless and aimless. So, what do you think, Mason? Spooky or kooky? I mean... I ain't got no hands! I just don't understand. Where are my hands? Yeah. <laughs> High five! Like, oh, wait. I'm a little mad it didn't have more to do with the army. Right, yeah. I mean, the stuff of the army just is basically like... Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, uh, there should have been a, a legend in, related to the army. Right, like, yeah. Well, maybe it was they used it as a secret site to this or that. Yeah, um, to drown women. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for science. For science. But what do you think? Spooky or kooky? Um, I, I like a, kooky, a, a I lady guess. ghost specter, but this one's just dumb. I mean, I guess, but then again, it's also kind of spooky because it's got the real life, like, I mean, because there's a, like, there's actual, like, so they actually found the bodies, right? right? So, you know what? I'm bringing it back around. I think it is spooky because there's mm. actual death, like, they actually right. found the lady, the girls in the Ma- Yeah, in imagine the being the fisherman that found that. It's gross. Yeah, I feel like that's much scarier than some of the other ones that have been like, you told me this entire story and then was like, yeah, but none of that ever happened and there's no proof. <laughs> Whereas this one, it's actually like, oh no, people died in that lake. Yeah, no, oh, somebody. Yeah, no. yeah there that body was in that lake. Two hundred and three la- deaths. This is like a side well, of a lot of deaths. I bet. Uh, listen, and, and, it's well, a lake in Georgia. Any lake, there's a lot of alcohol well, that's and water what, related. Yes, that's deaths. what people say is that because it's a party spot, almost all of them have to be connected to that <laughs> right but yeah. which i don't so I'm gonna, I some I'm dude go being some dude having like 10 beers and then he's like all yeah. right what wants to see me boogie board on the fucking lake let's go and then just gets can, chopped up by the propeller that, or something that jet ski <laughs> you've never driven a jet ski before yeah uh, but i bet i could. could it can't be that hard just fucking uh, so yeah rams into a rock on the fucking I, shore i think that one was a spooky mm. okay well, we've now made our way to Atlanta, 
where we will be staying the night at the Ellis Hotel. Just one little thing. This hotel was the site of one of the deadliest hotel fires in American history. So, uh, it might get a little hot. The Ellis <laughs> opened its doors in 1913, originally known as the Weinkauf Hotel. At this location, on December 7, 1946, a fire broke out. The hotel was famously advertised as being fireproof. It seems that the owners... <laughs> what the fuck? It seems that the owners... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay, who... First off, was there so many things catching on fire at this time that they were like... Apparently, yeah. No, this one's fireproof. fireproof. No, this one's fireproof, yeah. And also, you're just tempting fate. Did That's you learn what I was nothing from the Titanic? That's exactly what I have written here. Is Stop that... saying, you know, listen, this thing may be a lot of things, but you know what it's never going to do? Never going to catch on fire, not once. Never going to catch on like, fire. And fate was like, oh. It's literally impossible for this hotel to catch on fire. Fate was okay, like, and where were you? What was your job before this? I, I appreciate you applying for the publicist job at a hotel. I ran publicity for Titanic. Oh, oh, yeah. The Titanic, and you said what exactly about it? Um, yeah, it's been a while. I don't think I remember. It's something along the lines of it was unsinkable or something. <laughs> it was the greatest. I think I said it was the greatest boat ever, is what I said. So, when do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest, Tuesday. Okay. I love it. I love it. We need a gimmick, and our gimmick is with a fireproof hotel. Flash forward to, like, to, like, to the fucking fire, and they're standing outside, and they're like, you're fucking fired, man. Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Cause, yeah. But for real. Get the fuck you know, out of here. The only thing that was less fireproof than this super flammable hotel is you. You're fired. Get get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, like Mason said, it seems that the owners of the 15-story building did not learn anything from the sinking of the Titanic and that to claim something can certainly survive, the one thing that could take it down is almost like a challenge to fate. That because... would be me like being like, Mason Schrader could never die of liver failure. <laughs> His liver will never fail. And then Not tomorrow. a one time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, just as I'm slamming McLobulters, just being like, my liquor's good. <laughs> I don't know if I told you my liquor liver can never fail. And then a me, yeah, just cut to me in the hospital being like, your liver failed, Mason. <laughs> oh, no. How? I well, it's the copious <laughs> amounts of alcohol you drink. Oh. Oh. Okay. Um, that night, the hotel was fully booked with Christmas shoppers, families in town to see the premiere of the totally not distasteful and racist Disney film Song of the South, and around 40 Georgia high school students in town for a mock legislative session. Well, we're all here because this hotel can't catch on fire. <laughs> they said. So. The old hotel, unfortunately, did not have modern fire preventative measures and only had one <laughs> stairwell that serviced all 15 floors. <laughs> The reasoning. Fucking asshole. The reasoning. Well, I think his reasoning was like, oh, well, there's so many ways it could catch on fire that it just can't catch on fire. You know what I mean? Like, it's too big to fail kind of thing. The floors were made out of paper and the walls were made out of gasoline. (laughs) What the fuck? The fire, they'll never be made. It had zero fire prevention things. 
The fire began on the third floor and spread quickly up, trapping everyone above it. The Atlanta Fire Department, to their credit, responded quickly uh, to the call with 400 firefighters, 22 engine companies, and 11 ladder trucks. Unfortunately, the ladders could not reach all the way up to those trapped on the upper floors. Not only is it completely fireproof, but also... You would definitely be saved by firefighters, even if it could catch on fire, which it can't. All right, so you I'll, don't have to worry about all it. All right, give me one room then. Hey, um, Frank, uh, listen, I think it's weird. There, you, we didn't make a fire escape, and there's the ladder. Mm. Fire truck ladders can't reach the top. Yeah, oh, but well. it'll never catch on fire. So, and if it does, it'll start. You know how things burn from the top down. There's no way you can burn top the bottom up. That doesn't make any sense. Fire doesn't well, climb, you idiot. But well, it's not well, a ghost. <laughs> it just seems like what well, you we did have a lot of we've okay, so we did a lot of promoting saying it can't catch mm-hmm, on fire, mm-hmm, but we did mm-hmm. zero yeah, things to keep yeah. it from catching on fire. Hey. I'm just a publicist. Alright. It's a box of matches, Frank. We can't just let it. And we he just, just lights a, he's trying to light a cigarette. He's like Stop damn, if you light that we you will damn, burn this damn place thing to the ground. And then <laughs> <laughs> oh. And uh, they could only safely catch people falling from 70 feet above the nets. So, guess no, you don't. Began. You don't jump. We no, can't, we can't, we save can't you. catch you. Sorry. So You're get- actively remove it, moving the net when someone above 70 no. feet jumps. No. <laughs> Move the net. They're jumping. So, guests began to jump or try to lower themselves with tied bedsheets. Others tried to jump the gap to the mortgage guarantee building across the alley from the Weinkauf Hotel. The alley soon became filled with the bodies of those who tried and failed to make the jump. As the sun rose that morning, it revealed 120 dead. It should be noted that the Weinkauf was absolutely fireproof, but its interiors were absolutely combustible. So the outside of the building was indeed fireproof. But because of all the like refurbishing and all the like stuff that they had put inside, it was incredibly combustible. So it was a brick building. Yeah, that's it. Right. That, that's Great. it. That's it. So that's yeah, all it was. The yeah. Bricks were fine. It's just everything. But it's oh, almost like they actively technically... filled it with things that would catch quickly. Listen, 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 <laughs> listen. Yeah. I yeah, understand. Yeah. Uh huh. I understand the questions. Okay, I get it. That's why we're holding this press conference. We did say, yes, we technically we did say it was fireproof and could never be started on fire. But, but, but if you'll see, if you'll look, technically the building still standing, it didn't catch on fire. It just all the stuff in it did. So, yeah, okay. Well, you're going to jail, but um, you can say that to the Mm. judge. So, do you get, does the jail need a publicist? I'm thinking this. this the jail. first jail that never locks any doors. Huh? <laughs> huh? Get in the fucking squad car. Yeah, okay, sorry. Guests and hotel staff of the now Ellis Hotel have reported strange noises and other paranormal activity. With the hotel's elevators acting erratically and strangely, seemingly operating on their own. So to be fair, their new slogan is, The world's most normal elevators. <laughs> so, again... Yeah, you're right. During the time in which renovations were done to the Ellis Hotel, workers reported finding their tools moved or missing from where they had been left. They also reported hearing voices or footsteps coming from the empty rooms. 
Guests have reported hearing screaming and the sounds of footsteps running in empty corridors, while others have woken up to the smell of burning or smoke in their room. Staff have also reported that calls will come in from empty rooms and the fire alarm will occasionally go off at 2.48 a.m., the time at which the fire started. Those walking the streets in front of the hotel have reported seeing the screaming faces of those who died in the fire in the windows of the hotel. What do you think, Mason? Would your Yelp review of this hotel read spooky or kooky? I, I'm gonna be Yelp honest. also works because you might yelp because you're scared. Ah, Ooh. you say. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Georgia seems like it's just got a lot of real tragedy. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think it's. It's like twice now that you've been like, so all these people gruesomely <laughs> died. Anyway, and then there's been some weird <laughs> stuff happening ever since. What do you think? Spooky or kooky, Mason? Um. <laughs> Spooky, I guess. It's spooky because a hundred people jumped to their death. Yeah, I think it's spooky to me. We gotta stay at this hotel. If I'm ever in Georgia, I'm staying mm. at this fucking hotel. That's Hopefully, I jump. Yeah. No, wait. Fuck. Wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Um. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Georgia's got some bloody history, and not even just war related. Well, that's like, true. I, Georgia's got yeah. Georgia's got some not so good history. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So spooky for me. Would you say spooky for you? I'm going to say spooky. Hmm. Move over, Nessie. There is a new water horse in town. Let me... Uh, I'm going <laughs> to... That was good. It's a horse drowning. With a... Oh. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that's how water horses are made. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a much more complicated name, and this one is better because it's American. Near the mouth of the Altamaha River in Georgia lives a hissing sea monster named Altamaha Ha, or Alti to its friends. <laughs> Already, this is the name of something that... Uh, this is a prank name. <laughs> Altamaha this sea serpent is said to inhabit the many small streams and twisting channels of the river, uh, especially in the areas near Darien. This strange creature is said to have a sturgeon-like body with a bony with a ridge and its sturgeon-like head and a <laughs> sturgeon-like limb. Guys, it's, it's a, a sturgeon. sturgeon. <laughs> it's a sturgeon. That's what it is. Front flippers with no back limbs, and it swims like a dolphin and has a snout like a crocodile with large protruding eyes and large, sharp teeth. It is reported to be of a gray or green color with a whitish, yellowish underbelly. Sightings reported to be 20 to 30 feet long, although some stated it was smaller or bigger, perhaps indicating that Alti is not alone. Although no physical evidence of Alti has been found, according to some... (laughs) Get out. How? What do you mean, dude? No physical evidence. How? Um, according to some, the tale dates back centuries, with some believing the legend originated with the Lower Muskegee uh, Creek tribe, who described a giant snake-like creature that hissed and bellowed. One of the first non-native reports of the creature came from the correspondent of the Savannah, from a correspondent of the Savannah Georgian newspaper who reported multiple sightings of the creature in 1830. The primary eyewitness was one Captain Delano of the schooner Eagle, 
who claim to have seen a large creature off of uh, St. Simon's Island that looked to be 70 feet long and with a circumference of about the size of a barrel. Which is a fun way of describing I, the circumference of something. I seen the creature. Okay, and uh, how big would you say it was? Seventy feet long. Okay, and what about like circumference, like width? Uh, um, like uh, I mean, this is gonna be weird because I just said seventy feet, which is such an accurate description of feet, but I'm gonna go for diameter. About mm. the size of a barrel. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you for your time. Its um, head looked like an alligator. Yes. Okay. All right. And well, its I've body got a, looked like an alligator. Another interview down the road with some people who say that. I say 70 feet, it was more like 8 feet long. And it had the legs of an alligator. Sir, I think you might have seen an alligator. I know what I saw, boy, and she was a monster. <laughs> Five other men on the uh, schooner also reported seeing the creature, and some men on St. Simmons Island also claimed to have spotted it. In the 1920s, timbermen riding down the river saw what they claimed was a large, snake-like water monster. And in 1935, a group of hunters saw what they called a giant snake swim through the river. In the 1940s, a group of Boy Scouts saw the enti- saw the creature with their claim being reiterated by two officials from the Reedsville State Prison in the 1950s. In yeah, ni- the, uh, that Troop Scout 456, the one that went insane and murdered all those people, and are now residents of our prison. Yes, we do corroborate. They did see, in fact, yeah. that. Yeah, we saw that prison. shit, too, yeah. Those boys did some horrendous, horrendous crimes, but, but they're no the one liars. thing they didn't do was lie about seeing that monster. Yeah. Anyway, we gotta go shock them for a little bit, so we'll be right back. In 1960, the American prison system is no joke. In 1969, <laughs> two brothers who, who were fishing at Clark's uh, Bluff saw what they initially thought was a sturgeon, mm. but upon closer inspection realized it was some strange creature that measured 10 to 12 feet long, with a snout like an alligator and a horizontal tail. I think sturgeon have alligator snouts. Yeah, they've got a long snout. I think, Jose, I think this is a big sturgeon. I think it's possible that this might be a big river monster sturgeon. Yeah, I bet. I kind of think yeah, that's they've got a kind of a weird uh, snout kind of thing, anyway. So I can yeah, yeah, that's I can totally see the confusion here. This is a big fucking sturgeon. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at a big one right now. Three guys holding up a sturgeon. That's a big boy. It's probably not even the same sturgeon. It's probably just been throughout the decades people have been seeing big sturgeon. Yeah. They said the creature had a triangular ridge along the top of its body and sharp pointed teeth with a metal gray color. In the summer of 1980, two (laughs) men... Fucking sturgeon. (laughs) In the summer of 1980, two men stated they had seen Altamaha stranded on a mud bank near Cathead Creek. They reported the animal was halfway in the water, thrashing and struggling to move itself back into the water. They said it was roughly 20 feet long and dark-colored with rough skin. Um, While they sat and watched in amazement, the creature managed to free itself and move back into the water, disappearing from sight. Wouldn't it have been great to live in a time before cell phones when you could just make shit up and people couldn't doubt it? 
And people were like, yeah. Because like now they'd just be like, well, let me see a picture of it. Right. But back then we could have just been like, we saw a, a ghost with three dicks. And they would, and people would be like, "Did you hear about those boys that saw the, the three dick ghost?" Yeah, and then they would be, and then other people would be like, "Oh, I saw the three dick ghost too." <laughs> yeah. They call him Thricky Dicky. Thricky Dicky. Man, we should make shirts. <laughs> we should make <laughs> Thricky Dicky. Thricky Dicky shirts would yeah. be pretty good. While they sat and watched in amazement, the creature managed to free itself and move back into the water, disappearing from sight. Later that year, in December 1980, another man reported having seen what he thought was Altamaha Ha in Smith Lake. That name, I just can't... <laughs> Altamaha Ha. Altamaha His description said the animal was 15 to 20 feet long, snake-like with two brown humps that protruded from the water, and left behind a wake like that of a speedboat. A more recent report from a man in 2002 who was pulling a boat up the river near Brunswick reported seeing something over 20 feet in length and 6 feet wide break the surface. In 2010, an amateur photographer captured a video of something strange swimming in the channel near Fort King George historic site in Darien. People still report occasionally spotting Altamaha Ha. So what do you think, Mason? I think it's pronounced like um, I think it's the Ultima kid from ha. The Simpsons, where it's Ultima Ha Ha. <laughs> yeah, the bully. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Mason? Spooky or kooky? I think it's just a big story. Here's the thing: I'm all kooky. for fun lake monsters and cryptids. Yeah. But this one just kind of sounds like it's the it's a sturgeon. The, the well, fact that they're like, well, it looked like a sturgeon and it kind of was the same color as a sturgeon and it had sturgeon-like features, but it yeah. definitely wasn't a sturgeon makes me think it's a fucking sturgeon. And I know, I know, I just bashed on giant fish. Right. <laughs> one story ago. But that one seemed silly that it was giant fish right. biting people, killing humans. This one, it just sounds like a big sturgeon. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just sounds like big old, a big old boy, uh, a couple of big boys over, yeah. over the years. Sturgeon can just, grow to be pretty big. Just having some big boy fun, you know? Yeah. Causing a ruckus. Yeah. Yeah, it's kooky for me yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Alti or Altima, ha ha, uh, <laughs> does not pass onto the next round. No. It is the weakest link. Yes. You call it madness, but I call it love. This quote, Mason, fits the thinking of the subject of our next urban legend. The legend of Count von Kossel, the mad scientist. Legend goes that that Count von Kossel was a German immigrant who arrived in Florida in 1930. He told stories of a castle and nine degrees from the University of Leipzig. Soon after uh, arriving, he found a job as an x-ray technician at the Marine Hospital. He apparently was so skilled, he was called doctor, and uh, real doctors would leave cases in his care. I'm sorry. Hold on, he wasn't a real doctor? No. I thought he had nine degrees. Yeah, well, we'll but get none into of them all were that. doctorate degrees? Yeah, well... <laughs> Apparently not. Art history degree? They were like chemistry and like stuff like that, but not... 
Not, yeah, I don't know. But you can have a PA doctorate. I don't chemistry. think he had a PhD in chemistry, though. Oh. Probably had like an associate's. Oh. <laughs> yeah. A few months after getting settled, the Count, the Count, would meet Elena Hoyos Mesa, who was terminally ill with tuberculosis. The Count mm. instantly fell in love and began to shower her and her poor family with gifts in hopes of winning the girl's heart and her hand in marriage. He was 63. She was 19. Elena was flattered and grateful for the gifts, but she was still legally married to a man she still loved, despite the fact that he had left her after a miscarriage. Oh, oh. Yeah, this poor girl, man. But no matter how much Elena tried to discourage the mad doctor, he would not let up. He was determined. Oh, so it's just like a a rom-com in the 80s. (laughs) I don't want to date you. Come on. Come on. I, you're a loser. I don't want to date you. Come I'm on. a doctor. Everybody calls me doctor. This is All like. Alright. I do just... love you. <laughs> Yay. That's the good ending. The thing is, the Count just pulled a Jeff from Community and faked his way to being a doctor. It sounds like. <laughs> true, he did. You know, he Jeff is a fake a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. He... He had a degree from Columbia. Yeah. Now he needs to get one from America. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, he would not let up. He was determined to make her his. He would later go on to state that he had been visited by an ancestor in a vision whilst at his castle, who showed him Elena and told him she was his soulmate. Elena kept her relationship with the Count platonic while she was alive. But as her condition worsened, the Count's love only grew stronger. He created an ultraviolet ray machine that reportedly brought her back from the brink of death on more than one occasion. Wait a minute. This was... (laughs) Wait a minute. Jose, he created an ultraviolet ray machine? Yeah. That Uh what? Zapped away the tuberculosis just (laughs) long enough for her to come back from death? What I read was that apparently it... Reportedly, it would po- charge positively charge her electrons, or some that shit. Sounds like some made-up sci-fi bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it fixed her flux <laughs> capacitator. He also had secretly begun collecting locks of her hair, pieces of her lingerie, and created a wax mold of her face. Okay, well, wait a minute. How mm-hmm. did she get pieces of her lingerie? That's the question, isn't it, Mason? <laughs> it's the question I don't want answered. I don't think I'm gonna need. I'm going to need Japan. Uh, so for, f- for the, for the science. <laughs> oh, Ugh, you're a creep, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I mean, no. but like a charming European creep. I mean, no, it's for science. What do you have? Is that my face in the closet? Uh, did you mold my face? No, Are you cutting my hair? That's not what, uh... No, it's like I'm, I'm European. It's our customs. You wouldn't understand. It's a German thing. Honestly. It's in D- Deutschland. We do this a lot. I wish I it wasn't the 30s, so I could just go to a different doctor. Yeah, well, too bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> snip, snip. <laughs> On Halloween night, 1931, Elena would breathe her last breath while watching ah! the annual... <laughs> I assume she got scared, and it scared all the breath out of <laughs> yeah. her. While watching the annual Ghost and Goblin Parade. 
they were like, this parade will take your breath away. And then it did. And they were like, oh, fuck. I mean, listen, if I could die during a Ghost and Goblin parade, I wouldn't be be super mad. That's fitting. Yeah. Yeah, right? The Count tried to use his machine to bring her back, but it was too late. Elena had moved on to another plane of existence. At the Lopez funeral home that night, a deal was struck between the Count and Elena's father. The young woman... (laughs) Oh, no. Right. The young woman would not be embalmed, and the Count would pay for a mausoleum in the Catholic portion of the city cemetery. Her father agreed. But unbeknownst to him and the rest of Elena's family, the Count had the only keys to the mausoleum, and would visit Elena almost every night after her death. Well, Mr. Count, I appreciate your offer, but honestly, I'm going to need you to do something... I'm going to need you to do something more than the Protestant, than the Protestant area of the of the graveyard. I'm going to be uh, honest. I want to, can you at least do a, a, could you do a Methodist? Tell you what, I'll put her in the Catholic section. Mmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a little cheaper than I think she deserves, I'm going to be honest. Well, I mean, what do you want? You want the Mormon section? You kidding me? I don't have that kind of money. What, okay, what about Baptist? All right, man. You know what? You can keep the girl. I don't. I don't even care that much anymore. Fuck this. Wait. Okay. It's Catholic or nothing, you just, man. You fine. 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 We'll do the Catholic one. Oh, okay. Fine. Just God saying. Damn. It seems a fucking little grappling over your daughter's fucking resting place. This guy. Nine fucking degrees can't afford a goddamn at least a Methodist burial. What was that? Uh, hmm? I didn't. I said you have a silly fucking accent. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like a cartoon villain. Ah, what makes you say that? <laughs> what is this ultraviolet ray called the tuberculosis senator? <laughs> uh, yeah, he also had a fucking platypus nemesis. Did I not mention that? <laughs> the platypus? What are you doing here? I'm just trying to fuck this dead girl. What are you, uh, a, a platypus in a police costume? <laughs> Bury the platypus in a police costume. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have besmirched that character like that. No. It just it me up. Ah, uh, bury the platypus. I'm just trying to fuck a dead girl. What's the big deal? She's over 18. <laughs> so, you know, technically it's not. When I was a child. Because <laughs> it always ties to his fucking yeah. childhood. <laughs> Like, that's the best I can do. <laughs> no, nah, that's good. Noise uh, Don Pinder, a photographer for the Key West Citizen, remembers seeing the Count visiting the cemetery. He was a boy then, but he recalls the Count would come almost daily in a black Don, suit. what were you yeah, doing, what the fuck doing were... at the, the, the cemetery? Uh, I was just, like, uh, playing no on the grave. <laughs> uh, my publicist I used to go there as a child, me. and every time I... A funeral happening, I'd walk over and go, <laughs> Your family's dead. Dude, my dad just died. What the hell? <laughs> Look at you with the dead dad. <laughs> you are grating. You're a grating little boy. I saw the doctor go into the mausoleum with the dead girl. <laughs> go away from us. Okay. Get out of here. Okay. Um, yeah, so he recalls the Count would come almost daily in a black suit. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> Fuck. Black hat, a black umbrella swinging, wearing white sneakers with no socks. Weird that he, he remembers, like... either. <laughs> Fuck. It's weird that he remembers these details, right? This 
That's true. That's an awfully specific description yeah. of him. Late at night, ghostly organ music would be heard coming from the mausoleum. Oh. It appears the Count would bring a radio or phonograph and play music to the dead Elena for hours. No, you're talking about organ music as in the instrument, the organ, not like... Not it like sounded it a little like this. Rearranging some organs. Eventually, oh boy. Yeah, I think this it. is the most fucked up one we've done. Uh, Eventually, well, to be fair, I'm still going off with all this that this isn't real. I'm right, yeah. <laughs> sorely disappointed. Eventually, after two years of visiting the grave, Von Kossel <laughs> would no longer... You're just fucking bones at that point. <laughs> ...could no longer take it, and he decided to see Elena's face again. And so he opened the <laughs> casket. Because you're wrong, Mason. He hadn't begun that. Not yet. He was just visiting her. He hadn't opened the casket at all. He was horrified when he discovered that Elena's putrefied body had begun to deteriorate. You know, like fucking bodies do. Yeah. Also, bodies that aren't what embalmed, kind especially. What doctor is this asshole? He's I mean, fucking no, he not. Well, okay, but, oh, but he was good enough that yeah, other right? doctors no, were that's giving the... him his cases, but he was surprised that a dead body after two years yeah. was like. Icky. He was a 1930s doctor. So well, That's true. He Whoa, tried. this is what happens when you die. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Ew. Gross. Gross. Uh, he would then go on to be the person that was like, maybe let's just burn bodies. <laughs> uh, he tried to stop this with embalming fluids, but the decay continued. So he reached the totally logical and not at all crazy conclusion that he had to take the body back to his laboratory. Maybe my cum will keep this body fresh forever. <laughs> oh, fuck. And that's exactly what he did. He transported Elena's decaying corpse to his lab, which sat inside of a wingless airplane in Rest Beach. Kind of a cool spot oh, for a lab. fuck me, I know this story, it's real, oh yeah. god. Once there, he replaced the rotting flesh with oiled silk, beeswax, and balsam. He substituted her empty sockets with glass eyes. He had replaced her former beauty with ghoulish, frightening features. He then dressed the corpse with a wedding gown after he stuffed her body cavity with rags. He placed her on his canopy bed and serenaded her with a small church organ. Elena would remain with Count von Kossel for seven years. Von Kossel believed that he could reanimate Elena's corpse with ultraviolet light. When this failed, he theorized that if he could move her remains to the stratosphere, he could she could be reanimated and rejuvenated. <laughs> Because that's how fucking science works. He's just making shit up. Yeah. Well, what if I dance on one foot while playing the violin? Maybe that'll bring wow. her back. The centrifugal force if I spin very fast. <laughs> should turn back time. <laughs> I just watched Superman 1970. <laughs> Word had spread of Von Kossel's strange behavior, so Elena's sister decided to investigate and paid the Count a visit. The Count was actually eager to show off his accomplishments, so he showed Elena's sister the corpse. Elena's sister was horrified, and gave him a week to return the remains before she would go to the authorities. A bit generous there, I would have gone <laughs> right away. When a week I just love in the guy's head, he was like, you're going to, to love, love this. this. Come here, come here, I've got something to show you. Okay. Ta-da! 
Close your eyes. No, wait. No, uh, it's okay. You can leave him open. Oh. What do you think? Count. And then he's like moving her mouth and he's like, hello, sister. Count Van Castle, I'm going to be completely honest with you. This yeah. is absolutely amazing. Yes, thank you. Yes. She okay. looks just so. Oh my God, thank you. The way her glass eyes yes. are facing yes. different directions. <laughs> and I, her. Mm, you, yeah. Yeah. clearly yeah. stuck Wunderbar. a bunch of is that glue did you glue a bunch of shit to her face yeah i got a little bored so i just put like <laughs> stars and macaroni and stuff it looks so good right thank you oh my god oh my god i'm so glad you love it um well i won't tell you what else i do with it that, that i'll stop here i think so um <laughs> what's your secret is it come yes yeah it's come Oh, yeah. Um, Elena's sister gave him a week to return the remains before she would go to the authorities. When a week passed and the, the Count still had Elena, her sister finally contacted the authorities, who then promptly investigated and arrested Von Kossel. When I they love perf- how instead of he just did nothing. Yeah. Like, you have a week or I'm calling the cops, and he's like, well... I can do it. I'm kind of busy this week, so... <laughs> I just can't, I don't think I can make it. Um, no, the night before, he's like... There was something I was about to... Oh, shit. Oh, no. Elena, oh, what was it that I had to do today? Oh, you don't know. Open up. Who? Elena, did you invite people over? This is okay, the police. Well, why? Why are you, you Give us here? the dead girl, doctor. No. No, because there's not one. Okay, There's we're gonna de- we're gonna kick no. the door down. No, you. It's an airplane, so you can't. Oh fuck! He's I don't want you to. Re- I want everyone to remember this is taking place in a wingless airplane. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. When they performed a second autopsy, they discovered the most disgusting detail of this whole story. There's been a dick in this dead woman. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm the coroner. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that to you. I know you're her family, but... Von Kossel was doing more than just playing dress-up with Elena's corpse. It seems the mad doctor had decided to consummate his love with what he deemed his bride. He fucked her, and he came inside her dead, rotting body. He consummated with what he deemed his bride with his penis, what he deemed... Mr. Dickenstein. Now, it's funny because, <laughs> because it's in like Frankenstein. In this essay, I will. <laughs> Elena's corpse was put on display where hundreds came to see the strange girl. So, it's oh, fucking sad the that fuck? they took yeah. the body away from him. And they were like, let's put this on display at the funeral home. And then hundreds came. And so, she was just a tourist attraction. Hey, uh, hey you're in charge here, right? Yeah. This is the... Uh... This is the dead girl that got fucked, right? Yeah, this is her. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, right? I wouldn't mind slicing me a piece off of that if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what? 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 Wait. I gotta... You got any more... You got any, Sir, you I'm gonna any have any to ask other, you to leave. This is a total, normal, respectable <laughs> establishment that showcases rotting corpse. Get the hell out of here. Alright. Strangely enough... Because of the way the case was reported, uh, one of the biggest things being that the coroners decided to leave out the detail of the count putting his little count 
inside of Elena, people were sympathetic to Von Kossel, seeing this as a strange, tragic tale of love, uh, probably due to the fact that they were unaware of the necrophilia that had occurred. The jury acquitted him, but not before asking, is it illegal to love too much? Someone was like, well, yeah, he dug it up, and that's disgraceful, but it's not like he was fucking it. And the coroner's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. That the, yeah, anyway. The jury uh, acquitted him. Despite being acquitted, the count was unsatisfied with the outcome of the trial and asked the judge if he could have the young woman's remains. The judge was disgusted and screamed at him that he was insane. Elena's body was buried in an unmarked grave at the request of the judge so that von Kossel could never find her again. Although it was originally reported that von Kossel died alone in 1952, this was not entirely the case. He was found with a life-size replica of Elena Oyo's Mesa, a mannequin reproduction that featured a death mask that he had made unknown to anyone. His final diary entry read, Human jealousy has robbed me of the body of mine, Elena, yet divine happiness is flowing through me, for she has survived death. Forever and ever she is with me, and I upgraded a vagina <laughs> with a flashlight. So now it's like, yeah. <laughs> I hate that I said that. I, I like it. <laughs> so, Mason, what do you think oh of the God. tale of Count von Kossel? Fucking spooky. I hate that. I hate it. It's spooky. It's gross. I hate it so hate much. It so I'm gonna much. this is a little controversial, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. I don't like necrophilia. It's yucky and gross. I listen, I am a big proponent of once a body is dead, it doesn't matter. I don't agree with fucking corpses at all. Though. Eating a body look, I can agree with you that maybe eating a body is, you know, we that's a whole thing, but I'm if saving you that ate clip. a body, that's fine. But if you fucked I'm a body saving that clip. Damn it. Yeah, you shouldn't fuck dead bodies. No. Don't fuck, any, don't fuck anything except live human beings who consent. Yes. God, it is not that hard. It's really not as hard as it sounds, but then again, I guess some people get hard <laughs> for things that are hard. You know what I'm saying? Well, I should let, as Mason said, I should let everyone know that this case is 100% real. It actually happened. Almost exactly as I described it. And it's an event that is well known to the people of Florida. Um, I should point out that the Count's real name was actually Carl Tanzler. And yeah, he, was, he wasn't like a mysterious Count who lived no, in a castle. No, he was he not was, a Count. He was just a poor German immigrant who had traveled a, around. Like a janitor at the hospital, wasn't he? No, he actually was an x-ray technician. He, he had like oh. shambled his way to that. Yeah, he'd, he'd fucking conned his way into that. But... He had traveled around the world trying to make himself into a scientist. And I think the degrees were legit, but they weren't doctorates. Um, well, but, it's weird, yeah. though. Yeah, it's weird that he got so many degrees but couldn't actually like learn science. Yeah, yeah. He had also left his wife and children in another part of Florida in search of his uh, soulmate that had been promised to him by an ancestor in his vision. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird that the fucking coroner was like, you know what, this might be too much for these people. The jury who's trying to convict this man, it might be too much for them to know that he fucked her. A key thing that probably would have put this psychopath behind bars, but... Well, to be fair, though, he didn't do it again. 
He just did it for seven years. Well, yes, but you didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. You know what yeah. I mean? You didn't find another body. No, yeah, I guess. He was so, I mean, to his credit, Jose. Now no! I'm about it. <laughs> there he is was, no to his credit. He, was, he wasn't just trying to fuck any dead body. He was so obsessed no! with this one girl that he just recreated a mannequin of her. No. Yeah, but it had her dead parts in it. Well, yes, but... Anyway, but it wasn't, reportedly, at least didn't go find a new dead body to Yes, find. I guess. Also, reportedly, Elena still haunts the funeral home of Baham, Bahama Lane, <laughs> which uh, I can see. She kind of had a bit of a shit run after death, so uh, yeah, fair enough for, that she would... Don't, don't forget, all oh, this happened in Margaritaville. <laughs> you He's bent down to Margaritaville. A body in a wingless airplane, and then 20 feet to the left, Jimmy Buffett is fucking... Yeah. Oh, Florida, you fucking crazy ass state. <laughs> it's fucking insane. I remember that one. We also talked about another mad doctor. The one who, like, would just, like, experiment on people that was also real. Um, and then he, like, moved to Florida and he killed his wife and his cat and then himself. Oh, yes. That yeah. was, like, in, in our California series, wasn't it? No. Uh, it was... I think it was in the Midwest. I think it was like Ohio mm, or some shit. Yeah, you're probably right. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Anyway. Doctors are nuts, man. People be crazy. Yeah, they do. Our next legend begins centuries ago in the time after the end of the Civil War. There was a freed slave woman who has been named as either Mary or Lumidla Clark. Uh, she had come down from Georgia and set up shop as a midwife in the growing town of Wachula. She was very good at her job and her reputation quickly grew. But it seemed this woman was not the caring and kind person many thought. Her reasoning is debated. Some believe she did what she did because she was concerned with the overpopulation of the area, like Thanos. Or <laughs> or whether the family <laughs> You stupid fucking nerd. I want that to like be in a book. I want that to be like in a history book. Like, they were concerned with the overpopulation of the area, much like the mad titan Thanos in the Avengers movies. It just sounds you like, right? You're like a, the worst history teacher that's like, hey, kids, this guy was kind of like Thanos. <laughs> like, shut Uh-oh. up. Shut up, nerd. Or uh, whether the families could provide for the children they were bringing into the world, or as others believe, because she had never recovered from the horrors of slavery and the act of her children being ripped from her and sold never to be seen again by her. You know, that is an interesting, because they talk about like what made serial killers in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it is probably very interesting to know like if like how many basically serial killers slavery could Cre- have could have created, created yeah from children who grew up in just the worst right you know things ever that's in- yeah regardless of her reasoning the legend states that over time she began to deliver more and more stillborn children but this was not by accident it seems that the midwife was smothering the babies upon their birth and convincing the families that they had been stillborn the f- <laughs> Oh, this is a tippy-toe. We're going to tippy-toe into this bit. But it is. Just can you imagine the baby's crying as it's been delivered? And yeah. then like 10 minutes later, she's like, oh, it, it died. It was, it was stillborn. It was, it was stillborn. And they're like, they're like, we heard it cry. And she's like, like, no, that was me. 
I was, I going, was crying because wow. because it was still because it was still born. I was sad. Yeah. So. Anyway, I'm gonna go dump your fucking baby's body somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna walk myself off this tight wire. The families were distraught and asked her to remove the remains and any evidence a child was born due to fear of what others might think, as miscarriages were a bit frowned upon because it was the worst time to be alive if you weren't a white man, you know? <laughs> she would take Fucking the remains... God damn it. <clears throat> Which is funny because miscarriages were pretty commonplace in the 1800s but still people are like oh you had a miscarriage or a stillbirth you fucking suck i'm just tired of all hearing about all these miscarriages i want to know when we're gonna get a mr carriage <laughs> yeah men's rights jose in that's the, what i'm here in to the talk 1800s about. they're fucking they're like we need more rights men don't have rights everybody else is like fuck you we do. We call it a miscarriage because it's your fault for being a lady. <laughs> that's what I you get for being a woman. That's not... Well, hush or you'll do it again. It's all the strain from thinking. <laughs> I told you not to wear those pantaloons. <laughs> <laughs> it constructs the airflow. No air could get up your pussy into the baby. <laughs> you know they thought that, too. They no, definitely so thought that, it's right? It's like it's such a joke. But you have this, but, like, but, I fucking yeah. swear to God, if we had a time machine, we could have convinced this We could have said that, and then we, we could have gone back and said that, and no one like, would have batted an eye. Like, men around like, well, us would have been like, hmm, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. hadn't even thought about that. The baby needs air. How that's else right, does he's it right. I mean, You shouldn't God. wear panties anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking the worst. She would take the remains of the babies in a bucket filled with the corpse and other contents from the birth and dump the bloody contents off a bridge down by the river. That bucket only costs you $19.99 at KFC now. Oh, no. <laughs> that was more of a KFC joke. No, no, I got it, yeah. <laughs> this is a... This is tough, Jose, I'm gonna be honest. The bucket filled of baby corpses is real hard to do something with. Right, yeah. She was eventually found out and lost her position. This drove her mad, and she began to lose her grip on reality. Because but not the buckets. So, she held onto those buckets. <laughs> she was so sane before this. Yeah, right, yeah. Claiming to see the buckets fill up with blood and seeing the river run red at night. She soon began to hear the cries of the children she had murdered. She traveled to the bridge more and more, trying to comfort the voices of the children, but also dumped the contents of her buckets, which continued to fill with blood. It seems that on one of these trips, she fell into the river. Whether ah! she... Oh, shit! <laughs> Son of a bitch! Time to dump this blood out. Whoa! The irony is palpable! <laughs> um... Whether uh, she lost her footing or committed suicide is unknown. But what is known is that the river ran blood, ran red with blood after Wait, her death for she days. She was found out and fired, but she yeah, didn't yeah. go to jail? Nope, apparently not. Uh, legend states... Well, don't do it again. You know what? Give me your... Put your hands out. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Now get out of here. You're lucky I don't give you mind. one for every baby you killed. <laughs> and uh, no PlayStation murderer? for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no PlayStation. 
Legend states that if you travel to the bridge on a full moon, you too will see the river run red with blood and hear the cries of the babies who died at her hand. What do you think, Mason? Spooky or kooky? I think it was spooky because I, I, I don't know. I like. I mean, the, the details are iffy, like, but it's a different. It's like a fun actual legend where you know, like the river runs red. And yeah, you can hear it. that's fun. That's yeah. a different thing. It's not just like she haunts that place, right? Also, a bunch of ghost babies wouldn't be scary, so I suppose that makes sense. I'll kick a baby ghost. I don't care. I would. Well, there was that one weird demon baby that we covered. That one was kind of. Oh scary. yeah. That one was fun. But, I liked that one. But just like if the, the it's just like because like, was would be able to basically. haunt you. It like it'd be like oh my god, what a great idea for a sitcom, right? A guy, a, a family, a, 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 a dad, a, a boy, a husband and <laughs> wife move into an eighteen hundred style house, right? Uh-huh. And but they and they they don't want children. They refuse to have children. But then they find a ghost baby. They got to take care of it. Ah, uh, there you go. They got to take it to ghost school. They call they it. They a call ghost it baby. Um, ghost baby. Ghost. Ghost baby. It's a ghost, baby. Yeah, there you go. It's a ghost, baby. There you go. Yeah. We here at Captain's Log are no strangers to stories of evil, possessed dolls. We have previously uh, covered the Conjuring's very own Annabelle the Doll and her true origins. But this next legend is the haunted doll story. Long before Annabelle, there was the inspiration for what was the source of many of my nightmares as a child, Chucky. Of child's play fame. This is the story of Robert the Doll. The story. Dick the Doll. What'd you say? Dick the Doll. Dick the Doll. Dick Doll. The dick. The Doll's Dick. The <laughs> Wait sto- a minute. That's a vastly different thing. <laughs> the story of Robert dates back to the early 1900s, when a young boy named Eugene Robert Otto was given a one-of-a-kind uh, homemade doll by a servant of his family. Now, when you say servant, I guess it was the 1900s. So it yes, it was a servant, not just slave. a servant. Right, yeah. So, kind of a yeah. fucking dumbass. <laughs> Eugene, who was called a Gene by everyone, gave Robert his own name and quickly became very attached to the new doll. The home where you. Imagine, like, naming your dog Mason. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'm Mason, and this is Mason. Where Mason? Where the Mason? Are you talking about me or the dog? Mason, yeah. And you and the dog both look. Uh huh. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Do the... you have snacks for me? What about for him? What about for Mason? You have to have snacks for both Mason and Mason when you come into my house, which is Mason. This is Mason's apartment. And that works in in both ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The home where Eugene grew up, now called the Artist's House, is located at 534 Eaton Street. It was here where the strangeness around Robert began. The first okay, so hint... Robert is the doll, Eugene is the, is the boy, kid, correct? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. just wanted to make sure. The first hint that perhaps Robert was not all that he seemed came one night when Jean, who was ten years old at the time, woke up to Robert sitting at the foot of his bed despite the fact that he had been placed in another part of the room when Jean first went to bed. Moments later, his mother would be awoken by the sounds of Jean screaming for help and the sound of furniture being overturned. When she was finally able to force the the locked door open, she found her son curled up in fear on his bed, his room in shambles, and Robert sitting at the foot of the bed. Robert did it, were the only words Jean could get out, 
and the words that would be repeated over time as strange occurrences continued to happen. Gene, we like Robert did it, but here at Nike, we think that we could maybe <laughs> do something a little different, okay? We just feel like Robert did it is very specific to to Roberts, and it also it's a past tense thing. We want them to actively be trying to do things. How about Robert is doing it? Okay, why don't you leave? <laughs> Aw. I'm going to be honest, though. I mean, that guy kind of sucks, but honestly, Robert Robert's doing it. I mean, just, I mean, if you're just doing, what about doing it? Do. Mm. What about, like, do, just do, do it? it. <gasps> what about not just do it, but what about just do it? <gasps> or, wait, were you saying That's just do, I, like, just do it? Or I like, don't know. Whichever like, one. What do you think? Whichever one. I think we're going to be rich. Fuck yeah. This episode of Captain's Log is brought to you by Nike. Nike. <laughs> Nike. Just Robert sports, is doing it. Sports. 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 The sports. Do the sports. They did support Colin Kaepernick, but they also make... Actually, yeah. I don't know if I can say that. Let's move on. Gene's parents would often hear their son conversing upstairs seemingly by himself in two different voices. They reported sometimes seeing the doll's expression I'm change. I'm Gene, and I'm Robert! <laughs> no, it's just like, I'm Gene. And I'm fucking Robert. And they're like, no, that sounds just like our son. Hey, mom, it's me, Robert. <laughs> I just came here to get some mac and cheese. I just want some fucking little Caesars. Could you possibly do <laughs> that for me, doll? I was perfectly, purposely trying to avoid bringing this character back, Jose. <laughs> it's me, that one fucking demon that's haunted everybody across this entire fucking podcast. I'm back. But now it's I'm the in a pizza doll. demon. <laughs> Uh, what's up? Fuck yeah! You Give me some. Need a little Caesars for me. What? What are the name of those like New Orleans like uh, little donut thingies, bunways or some shit like that? Give me some of those. I want some bunway. <laughs> you know those little donuts? Bunways I know what you're talking bunways. about. I don't know why you're talking about them. I don't know because it's the South. Maybe that's why I thought. I looked up. I, no, not bunions. Hang on. <laughs> Treat. Treats. Bunyan's treat. No! <laughs> Fuck it, forget this. <laughs> Seems not important, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, um, he would sometimes be heard giggling and even sighted running up the stairs or staring out of the upstairs window. Okay, but norm- all of that stuff is relatively normal things for a child to do with a doll, though, right? No, the doll would be seen doing these things by itself. Oh, oh that's not normal. No. <laughs> ah, whatever, you see a doll walk up the stairs, doesn't everybody? No, Listen, Mason. I fucking I don't give a shit about that. That doll better be paying fucking rent, though. That's if you what are alive, sure. you gotta fucking contribute. You gotta wash yeah, the I'll dishes. See. You gotta sweep every once in a while. I don't care if you're fucking possessed oh, by a demon. Oh, you wanna stay here? Now you're just a fucking doll, Robert. Yeah, huh? fuck you, Robert. Huh? You, you fucking, fucking running around doing all this crazy bullshit, and when I fucking start talking about how you need to be paying your fucking bills and doing some fucking la- laundry and dishes, <laughs> suddenly you're just a fucking you're Toy Story in me, huh? Whenever I walk in the room, you drop down. Fuck you, Robert. You're a prick. Fuck you. You piece of shit, Robert. You're a fucking mooch, Robert. You know that? <laughs> fucking dickhead, girl. Robert continued to live with Gene throughout his life. And when Gene married and his wife and him moved into his old home after the deaths of his parents, strange events continued to take place. Hello, I'm... I'm Gene. It's... it's God, you just... I'm sorry, I don't normally approach women at the bar, but you just... 
You just look so beautiful tonight. What can I possibly ask what your name is? Um, my name's Robert. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a that's my doll, Robert. He's uh, that's a long story. He's just a doll that, that follows me everywhere. Anyway, what was your name? Let's fuck right. Now. You got a nice ass. Okay, jeez, Robert. Enough, buddy. Let's have a threesome. You, me, and the fucking doll. Let's do this. <laughs> Um, Gene decided that the doll needed his own room and placed him upstairs in a room overlooking the road. I think Gene's crazy. <laughs> I think so, too. Anne felt uneasy with the doll in the house, although she couldn't figure out why. This is Gene's wife. I just... I just don't... I wanted to get a, an elliptical and you, you said we didn't have the room and then you... Well, we don't have the room. What, am I going to put the fucking elliptical in Robert's room? What are you fucking crazy? Sweetie, Robert's a doll. He doesn't need... What does he need? Can you imagine Robert fucking running at using the elliptical? He's in great shape. Why would he use it? (laughs) Oh, man. Our son's sleeping in our bedroom. Kid, get out of the bed. I'm going to fuck your mom for a little bit. Um, I like that Gene, get, Gene, my impression of Gene gives off, like, Tom Cruise energy with that oh, with yeah, the laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Come on! And he, like, jumps up on the couch and he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, she asked Gene to lock up the doll in the attic so it could be out of sight and out of mind. Gene gave in and moved Robert, who apparently was not happy with this at all. Soon... Visitors to the home reported hearing footsteps upstairs, the sounds of devilish giggling, and children who lived in the area reported the doll mocking them as they walked to school from the window of the upstairs bedroom. Ah, you you. fucking idiot, you gotta go to school, fuck you, fucking flipping them off. (laughs) Aw, man. Jesus, that doll's really mean. He's a fucking rude guy. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you, your mom's a milf, I fuck her, (laughs) ha ha ha. You can't leave. You're stuck in the upstairs. Oh, yeah? Your mom comes to me, bitch. Oh. <laughs> and let me just say, she doesn't just come to me. She comes for me. Yeah, fuck you, kid. <laughs> what are you, like, 10? Yeah. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that to you. I'm sorry. That was... <laughs> you probably you're... didn't need to hear all that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're a doll. Yeah, but this doll fucks your mom. Fuck you, kid. Oh, I thought we were maybe going to be friends. No. After you did that apology thing, I thought... Well, I mean, are you okay with, like, your friends fucking your mom? Because I'm not going to stop fucking your mom. No. Okay, then we can't be friends. Get the fuck out of Scram. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Fucking idiot. Fucking ten years old and a virgin? Get the fuck out of here, kid. (laughs) I've left already. When Gene heard this, uh, he immediately went up to investigate knowing that he had locked Robert in the attic and it was impossible for him to be out in the upstairs bedroom. It's a fucking doll. It's a fucking doll. It can't it's fucking be in the no bedroom. No fucking way. Gene, Gene, he's like looking at himself in the mirror. Gene, I'm telling you, you know this for a fact because you're not fucking... Hey, Gene, you're not fucking crazy. And you know for a fact that you locked an inanimate object, a doll, up in the attic. So you're going to go in, you're just going to walk up in there, you're going to look in that room and there's not going to be a fucking doll there because... How could there be? Because he, he opens the attic it's opening and the, the door. door can't fucking move. He opens the door and it's just sitting on the fucking chair. <laughs> I probably just put it there. I'm going to leave it though. <laughs> okay, I'll see you later, Robert. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. 
But to his surprise, when he opened the door to the bedroom, there was Robert, sitting on the rocking chair by the window. Gene would go on to lock Robert in the attic several times, only to find him in the upstairs bedroom, sitting by the window every time. Get rid of the doll. It's almost... Just fucking burn it. Just leave the doll... In the upstairs bedroom, it doesn't seem like it's really doing that much. It doesn't seem like it's causing much of a problem. I mean, it's fucking your your neighbor's wife, but whatever. That's not that's, your business. That's between that's between your him, your neighbor, his, his wife. wife, and Robert. Well, and the doll, yes. Yeah. But... <laughs> You're fucking my Just... wife, Gene. What? No, not me. Not I'm Robert is. And then they both walk in, and the doll's in bed with the the wife, and he's just smoking a cigarette. He's like. Oh, I was thinking it was more like he walks in and Gene, like, busts through the door with the other guy. And he's like, Robert, you've got some explaining to do. And it's just he's talking to a doll. And then the other guy's just like, ah. and he's just, like, back, backing out of the room. Like, I don't oh, know what's happening crazy. here, but I don't want any fucking part of it. Gene Otto died after his wife in 1974. And the house was bought by new owners who had a 10-year-old daughter. She was delighted when she found Robert in the attic, but her delight would soon change to fear. She would go on to claim that Robert was alive and was trying to hurt her. She would wake up in the middle of the night and scream for her parents, telling them Robert had moved about the room. After 20 years with this new family, he was given away in the 90s. Get rid of the fucking door! That part fucking threw me. I was like, no fucking way am I going to stay with this fucking doll that's telling my daughter it's gonna kill her Listen, even for as a 20 parent who fucking like, years you know you're like yeah okay sweetie the doll's telling you things yeah fucking you, throw you the doll away I mean? still just throw the doll away i would just be like here's yeah. here's the solve and i'd grab the doll and I'd go put him in the garbage yes. and then if he showed up again in my house i would take the doll and i would burn it and then if he showed up a third time i'd be like listen here you <laughs> that doll's gonna fucking kill you and there's nothing we can do about it hey okay? look i'm sorry i did my best <laughs> It's not, listen, stop fucking dragging me into this, you little fucking snitch, okay? That doll's not trying to kill me. I'm not worried about it. Doll said it was after you, not me, so fuck off. (laughs) After 20 years with his new family, he was given away in the 90s to East Martello Fort, where he currently resides. Many believe that Robert's evil originated with a servant who gave him to Gene. Hello, I'm, wait, is that a man? East Martello Fort? Yes. No, it's like a it's a museum. Oh, it's a place. Okay, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Hello, I'll take this doll off your hands. Hello, I have the name of a building. <laughs> Hello, I'm Chrysler. Chrysler Building. <laughs> um, I'm Empire. Empire State. <laughs> Sears Tower. Nice to Sears. meet you. So many believe that Robert's evil originated with the servant who gave him to Jean who was supposedly mistreated by her bosses and wanted to punish them. She was a practitioner of voodoo and black magic, and it seems that Robert's desire to torment and taunt people still remains as people who visited him at the museum claim to be unable to photograph him sometimes or see him smile or move behind his case. Others believe that much like with Annabelle, if you upset or insult him, harm will befall you. You can visit Robert the Doll at the East Martello Museum, but be careful that you don't upset him, or the consequences may be deadly. Mason, what do you make of Robert the Doll? Spooky or kooky? 
I mean, it's definitely spooky, but he didn't really do much, and nobody really did right. much about him. And he didn't, yeah, everybody was just like, ah, there's Robert fucking wrecking a room, but he, <laughs> he never actually like hurt a anybody. Bad roommate. He was just like an asshole. He was like, you know what? You fucking looking at me? I'm gonna fucking hurt you. I'm gonna fucking hurt you and your fucking parents. Fuck you. Yeah. But then he never did it. That's just, oh, that's Robert, yeah, he barely even comes out of his room, but he's kind of an asshole when he does. Also, he's like a soft doll, so what's he gonna do, punch me? Just, it's like yeah, a teddy bear. that's true. I feel like I could throw him out a window pretty yeah. easily. Um, but yeah, he inspired uh, Child's Play, which for a long time as a kid, I fucking hated Chucky, I was so scared of him. Well, with that, it's time to wrap the show up. If you like the show, make sure to leave a five-star review, which you can do in-app on Apple Podcasts, Audible, or Podchaser. If you leave a review on Podchaser, they will donate 25 cents to Wheels on Meals for every Yay. review and for every reply to a review. So we some people. Yes. So we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review because it really helps the show and we'll read your review on the show. It's free. You it's can free donate, for you. You can donate 25 cents to Meals on Wheels for free. For free. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash captainslogcast and donate a dollar. Anything helps keep the lights on. Actually, if you do it while at work, you'll actually make money. Ah, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, it's a win-win. Yeah. Another thing you could do to help the show and yourself is go over to TeePublic and shop our merch. Yes, Yay. that's right. We have merch. You can get anything from t-shirts to mugs with our logo on it. TeePublic will be having a sale every week this month, so now is the time to buy, folks. Remember, if you donate slash support our sponsors, it all goes towards improving the show, getting better recording equipment, etc. Mason, where can the fine listeners find you? You can find me... Oh, shit, I didn't think of something fun to say like normal. You, I will be having a new podcast coming out soon called Iowa... <laughs> shit, I should probably know what the name of the podcast <laughs> is. Called uh, Corn Fed Iowa, where me and a buddy of mine will be reviewing different eateries in Iowa. Oh. And talking fun. about that. Listen to this be, guy, huh? That'll be wherever you can find podcasts. And uh, even if you don't live in Iowa, we'll still have content for you about like uh, um, about fun places to eat, things like that. It'll be great. I will update you next week when the first episode will be out. I'm fucking excited for this. I will be listening. Yes, sir. Yes, it will be a lot of fun. Um, well, you can also follow him on Twitter and Mason Schrader. Uh, he always forgets to mention that weird little... Guy, yeah. Because I never use it. Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at j.valle underscore junior and the show on Twitter at Captain's Log Pod. We recommend, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, we recommend various different materials on there, post show updates, and uh, post some occasionally funny things. So go check it out. Um, you can also subscribe on YouTube where you can find me as Jose Valle Jr., Animal Productions, and of course the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log. If you can't get enough of me, you can also listen to my other podcast with friend of the log, Max Benyon, called Max and Jose Have Something to Say. Um, yeah, that's just, we just talk about stuff. It's fun. Mason was on an episode. It was a really good episode, actually. Yay. So make sure to tell your friends and family about this show if you enjoy it, and if you'd like to share your favorite urban legends that didn't make the cut, or perhaps if you had encounters with any of the legends we discussed, please do so by writing in to captainslogcast at gmail.com. 
You can also suggest episode topics, guests you'd like to have back, etc. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, and any other podcast directory. Thanks to Carlos Rivera for composing the show's theme. And with that, everybody, we have reached the end of our show. We'll see you soon for another special episode. I've been your Captain Jose Valle Jr., joined by... First Officer Mason Schrader. And this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission. You boop.